welcome to this week's episode of Mum Talk, series 3, episode 13. I'm going to have to start another series at some point, otherwise this is going to end up like the first series, full and full of podcasts. Anyway, we are back from holiday and I have to admit this is possibly the fifth time I have started this podcast. The first few times there was just lots of banging and noise, Hendrik was doing lots of jobs and then the phone rang and woke Amandine up and then Amandine's rustling around has been really putting me off. (laughs) So this may not be the most concise podcast but I am going to keep it as short and sweet with lots of hopefully easy tips which is what you guys are asking for about travel. So yes, we are back from holiday and we went to Portugal and France, well France and Portugal, went to France first to go and see Hendrik's parents and then we flew on to Portugal to go and have a week, just the three of us. And this was the first time that we have ever taken a holiday, just the three of us, so it was really, really nice to do that and my goodness, what a difference it makes taking away all the stress of being at home and working and juggling rosters and when you're going to be at home and you know cooking dinner and we still had to do that when we were in Portugal but it just we were just so much more relaxed and so much more chilled and it made such a huge difference to our relationship and I did I did a little ask me anything Instagram question thing which I never do I did that whilst I was in France and one of the biggest topics that you guys dm me about was how relationships change when you have babies for the better and for the challenging I'm not going to say for the not better but for the makes it a little bit challenging I am going to do a podcast on that at some point but now is not the time (laughs) now my brain is not in the right place to make that make that podcast anyway so we went to France first. Let's start in France. We flew to France with EasyJet from Bristol. Everything went fine. As you guys know from my previous podcast, Amaldine had been napping really, really well. She'd been sleeping really, really well at home. We just got back from London at my sister's where she'd been sleeping like an absolute dreamboat. So I naively thought, oh, when we get to France, she's going to be brilliant. Because previously when we've been to France, she's been a bit of a nightmare and she's woken up like three or four times every night. Anyway, she did it again, three, four, five times every single night. I have to say, I am absolutely pooped. If I wasn't recording this podcast for you guys, I would be napping right now. I am exhausted. Um, and plus, I haven't stopped since we got back from yesterday. You know what it like? it's like when you get home from holiday, there's laundry, there's an endless list of to-dos, you've got to get food in... I promised myself the minute I got back, I've been putting it off giving Amaldine solids, so I promised myself the minute I got back, I will do it. So today I went to Ikea, I bought a high chair after literally two weeks being away searching for the perfect high chair. I just thought, this is ridiculous. Go and buy one, for God's sake. So I did. Um, and it's just been non-stop. Anyway, back to France. So we arrived in France, and yeah, bad, bad, bad sleep. And she slept like that for the entire time we were there, apart from the night before we were due to leave. And she woke up once, just the normal once in the night. I couldn't believe it. I absolutely couldn't believe it. And then, of course, Portugal, she went back to waking up about three or four times every single night. Last night was our first night back. She woke up at 10.30 for her dream feed. She then woke up at 1.30. I refused to feed her. She then woke up at 2.30 and I thought, okay, that's fine, I'll feed you. Then she woke up at 5, 
went back to sleep and then she woke up at 6. She's normally a 6am riser because she goes to bed around half past 6, 7 o'clock. And I think 11, 11 and a half hours is enough for her maybe. Um, but that's all she, she seems to need. But through France and through Portugal, she'd wake up at 5 o'clock absolutely ready to be awake, ready to play. She does this little thing where she's squealing all the time now and... Yeah, like she is right now, actually. She's rolling around in her cot and she's squealing and she's just having the time of her life because she really wants to be awake when she should really be asleep. Anyway, so I'm not quite sure if we had a transitional phase and it was just really bad luck that it happened as we went to France and Portugal or whether it was just the slight upturn in surroundings um, has kind of set her off on a little bit of a bad habit thing. I don't quite know. But before we went away, she was ready to go in her own room and I, I was so close to doing it and then I thought, no point because France, she's in my room, Portugal should be in my room, no point in doing it. But now I feel like it's just a million miles away. I'm really hoping tonight we'll have another good night, then tomorrow we'll have another good night and then I'll start putting her in her room again when she's back into only waking up once. Purely because I don't want to have to <laughs> to start going into her room every like hour to check she's okay if she's if she's waking up I have also thought is it me waking her up but I really don't think it is I really don't think it is but it could be some people have said just whack her in her own room see what happens I'd be interested to hear what you guys think so if you're listening to this now and you're thinking just put her in her own room it doesn't matter that you've just been away then do I know what I I guess I'm just thinking about it too much I know if I'd just come back from holiday and I was a baby, I'd be thinking, oh, I want to be near mummy just for a little bit. That's what I'd be thinking. <laughs> but maybe maybe I'm overthinking it. Anyway, other than that, it was really lovely. We took, so a bit of a travel tip, and you may have seen it on my Instagram, but on Amazon, we bought this inflatable ring that has a cover that goes over the top, and it's got like a few activity bits. My friend Millie recommended it to me, and then a few other friends I saw they had it, so I was like, okay, I'm going to buy it. I think it was £25, something like that, but he deflates into your suitcase and it gives you a place where they can sit up completely safe. If they roll to one side, they just roll into the inflatable. It's brilliant. Can go on the floor and, yeah, can go outside. It's just perfect. So we took that with us for France and for Portugal and that was a real lifesaver because the last time we were in France, we didn't have anything like that. So every single time I wanted to put her down, I had to either ask his mum or ask Hendrik or me sit by her the whole time to make sure she didn't fall off the sofa or go anywhere so not like she's going anywhere she's not even attempting to crawl yet um so that was really really great to have that we also on the flight out we actually on all of our flights we booked an extra seat in the middle now a little bit of a easy jet hack here to be had if you guys have noticed I'm sure you have but it was only because I was like that doesn't really add up that doesn't make any sense but when Hendrik and I were booking our seats, our flights were ridiculously cheap. I think our seats were maybe £15 each. Now, I'm pretty sure EasyJet charges a solid fee of £25 per infant. So if you're paying for your seat at £15 and then paying £25 to have a child on your lap, you might as well spend £15 on an extra seat. And that's cheaper than checking in an infant. So what we did was we booked three seats. You have to say that your child, your you, to book the seat, you have to say your child is over two. So we just did that. And then we called up EasyJet and said, actually, our child isn't over two. She's an infant, but we still want the extra seat. That's why we've paid for the extra seat. They don't care. It's fine. Worked out perfectly. 
we did have an issue with checking in just because um not sure why actually oh yes because the passport date obviously didn't match that the child was two years old so when I got to Bristol I just allowed a little bit of extra time to check in when I had my suitcases to give the lady and just said um this is what's happened. She just had to make a quick phone call to make sure the plane knew that there was an infant on board and that was fine. Easy. So yeah, make sure you check the price of your seat is whether they're less than the actual flat rate infant cost because you might save some money there. Uh, also, if you don't know this already and if you're flying, most airlines take two, allow you to check in two items of child-related baggage for free. So that's a car seat and a pram or car seat and a travel cot. Um, for us, we just checked the car seat. Um, but yeah, it makes it really nice and easy to travel if you're traveling with a good airline like that. Actually, on our way home from Faro, from Portugal, we it was a two and a half hour flight. Um, again, we did the same thing because it was cheaper to book a third seat. But actually, this time around, they had overbooked the flight by one seat. And which meant they asked us to volunteer to give our seat up to the remaining passenger of course we weren't going to let the remaining passenger stay behind so we said yeah sure and they said well you actually get compensation for doing that so we got 500 euros for giving up our seat so what cost 11 pounds for Amandine to take her own seat we actually got 500 euros for which feels really weird but really great at the same time <laughs> so yeah um, I wouldn't be nervous about ever booking a third seat, that's for sure. And it really does help when you're flying to be able to make a little bit of an activity centre for them and, you know, lay down a blanket, gives you extra room to breastfeed if you're breastfeeding or if your baby likes to sit up and bottle feed, it gives them extra room to do that. It just makes the flight a lot easier. So whilst we were in France, the weather wasn't that great, so we didn't do a huge amount of stuff. And I actually found it tr quite tricky, because before in France when we've been, I've been able to shove her in the Ergo Baby, go for a walk, she's napped, then go back, have a bit of a wake time and play time, and then put her down for her main nap, and then do the same in the evening, go, go for a walk while she takes her afternoon nap in the Ergo Baby. But because she doesn't, she still sleeps in the Ergo Baby, but she really prefers to be in her cot, which is great, but then also has its downsides because I could barely do anything in France. She didn't really want to go to sleep in the Ergo Baby or she'd fuss quite a lot before eventually going to sleep in the Ergo Baby. So by the time I'd like walked for half an hour, she'd only then just gone to sleep. So I'd then need to walk for another hour and a bit for her to then sleep. And then I wouldn't know where I was on my walk. So yeah, it just got really messy. So by the time we'd woken up, she'd had a nap, then we'd gone out and done something, and then she'd be back for another nap, and then we'd gone out and done maybe, you know, tiny little walk. By the time she's dressed out the house, there's only maybe an hour of awake time left. And with Amandine, she is the best baby ever when she has good naps. The minute the naps go down the drain, nightmare. She is just whiny, well not nightmare, she really isn't a nightmare, she's a dreamboat, but it's not as easy as it is when she has all of her naps, which is normal, right? If I don't get my naps, <laughs> I can be grouchy. I'm definitely grouchy today because I'm so tired because I'm not getting enough sleep. So poor Hendrik really copped it today when I promised myself that I was going to get um, her eating solids and I got her in the high chair and I just gave her like a bit of banana, a bit of avocado, a bit of cucumber, 
excuse me, I'm yawning already, a bit of cucumber and just literally gave it to her on her tray thing. And Hendrik was like, isn't that her going to be playing with food? Because he hasn't obviously done any research. So he doesn't really know about baby-led weaning. So he was saying, well, isn't that going to encourage her to play with food rather than eat food? And I said, no, she's just feeling all the textures. This is exploratory for her. This is exciting for her. She gets to put things in her mouth and actually taste them rather than just like putting wood or plastic in her mouth or something and not tasting anything. This is exciting. Anyway, he he doesn't really get the point of baby-led weaning. And I was like, you need to do some research if you want to take part in this and you need to research and read up on it. You don't know anything. Oh my gosh, it was bad. Anyway, <laughs> um, not my finest moment, but it's true. He does. He needs to read up on it um, before he argues my decisions, right? <laughs> there you go. Relationship podcast is coming, I promise you. So in France, yeah, it was a little bit different to normal. Um, she, sl- she went down every time brilliantly, half past six, seven. She went down like a dream, slept really, really well until the dream feed, and then it all went to pot, and then, yeah, waking up super early. But it was lovely. Anyway, on to Portugal. We went to Portugal. Packing was di- difficult, I'm going to say, because in the end, I just packed tons of layers for Amandine for France, because France was obviously maybe 12 degrees, went down to one degree at night it was really cold and then Portugal was 24 25 degrees in the day and then 13 degrees at night so it was really doable and it was lovely really really gorgeous weather we had wall-to-wall sunshine it was just beautiful hardly any wind and we packed sun hats and sun cream and um, my sister actually came out for the last weekend to join us so I bought some baby sunglasses because it turned out Amandine hates the sun I thought she hated it in the UK because it was just different but in when we were over in Portugal, she just hated it. So got her some little baby aiders, which are really cute. And also loads of sun hats. And I also was using the sun cream. We tried Nivea baby sun cream uh, only because my friend had said when she used uh, natural sun cream, her baby broke out in a rash. And I was just a little bit nervous of that because Amandine's skin is so sensitive. But anyway, the Nivea sun cream did the same to Amandine as I expected. She got a rash from that. And then we used uh, La Roche-Posay, I can never say it, um, 50, mainly because it's actually what Hendrik and I use because we're in the water so often with surfing. It's really great water-repellent sun cream. So we actually used that, and then we realised it was a baby one. So we put it on Amandine as well, and it was better, actually. She didn't break out in so much of a rash, but she still is super, super sensitive to the sun cream on her face everywhere else on her body it's absolutely fine but because of how her naps were working out in Portugal she was awake for a lot of the hottest part of the day so when we still wanted to go out and do things we'd find ourselves out with her in the ergo baby because we didn't take a pram with us in the ergo baby in the heat and obviously she wouldn't be completely in the shade her head would be from the sun hat but nothing else so we bought an umbrella we saw a lady with one and we thought that is such a brilliant idea so we bought an umbrella and we just walked around well I walked around looking like a bit of a douche but anyway with this umbrella over my head and over Amandine and it kept her in the shade it kept her a bit cooler the one day I didn't take it I was freaking out because I decided not to take it I didn't think it was really that hot and I don't know what I was thinking actually and I was so worried that I'd sunburnt her cheek I still cover her in sun cream but I was so worried I'd sunburnt her cheek but I hadn't yay 
it was fine. <laughs> it was absolutely fine. And it was actually just a really big teething rash. So thank goodness for that. She is still teething, still teething, still no teeth. Although they say you see, can see like a little white dot when there's a teeth about to come, tooth about to come through. Now she has had a little white dot on her top left gum for probably three or four weeks now and still no tooth. We are giving her lots and lots of teething powders. Also giving her, we're giving her the full dose now pretty much every day, which is one in the morning, one at lunchtime and one in the evening. They say no more within six hours, uh, 24 hours, no more than six within 24 hours. And she seems to be doing really well with that and the homeopathy as well. I mean, it's basically all chamomile, basically. Again, my sister was a dream. She bought out some more teething sachets because, of course, I hadn't taken enough. And I hadn't taken enough nappies either, but thankfully my sister had some nappies left over at her house. So she bought those with her as well when she came out to Portugal for the weekend. Also took with us, and we were gifted this, um, the Bambino Mio new swim, nautical swim sets. And they are just adorable. But what's so brilliant about them is they are um, SPF 50. So you can just not even have to worry about sun cream on their arms which is fantastic and then the reusable little swim nappies oh they're so cute they are so adorable go on my instagram page and have a look if you want to see the print that we were sent so so cute and we're going to use those now for swimming as well because i have been using disposable swim nappies and every time i throw them away for literally half an hour use i think oh my goodness this is just horrendous so we will be using those now from now on, which is great, which is great. I feel so much better about that because even, you know, if your baby does a poo in the water when you go swimming, you still got to get them straight out. If your baby does a wee, it goes into the nappy, yes, but it probably does go a bit into the pool, I'm guessing, a wee. I don't really know. It's water, so I can't see how it wouldn't. Um, so I am, I, yeah, I'm really, really happy about using reusable nappies for that but they're the most beautiful little sets and they're so soft and Amandine really loved it they're really easy to get them in and out of way easier actually than any other top because it's so stretchy and I just felt a lot more comfortable with her being even in the shade wearing that a lot of the time so that was nice what else can I tell you about Portugal um we made we, we stayed in this house it was brilliant but it didn't have a working umbrella not so brilliant when you want to put your baby in the shade. So we had to make these little forts for her all the time, which was really fun, actually. I, it brought me back to my childhood when I used to make lots of forts and sit un in the shade under my made fort. <laughs> it was really fun. I'll post some pictures about the holiday um, when I've got some actual relevant things to share with you, like travel tips and things. And we didn't eat out at all. We kind of... We did a Airbnb, so we were cooking a lot, which was fine, and we didn't eat out because it just, it's so difficult to eat out when you don't have a pram and you're on holiday. <laughs> so we didn't have anywhere to put Amandine, or, you know, if we wanted to put her to bed and then go out to eat, she just couldn't do that with a pram. Not that we, without a pram, not that we do that here either, but still couldn't do it without a pram. Um, so yeah, it was a little bit tricky, but we managed and it was fine. Hendrik surfed every morning, which was lovely. I then would hike every morning to go to the beach where he was surfing. So it was about an hour's walk. So Amandine would go back to sleep in the Ergo Baby. I have to say the Ergo Baby has saved my life for this 
these, you know, first six, seven months, I've just been able to do all the walking, still get outside as much as I like. Today, for instance, went to Ikea to buy her a high chair, shoved her in the Ergo Baby, then ran into B&Q, shoved her in the Ergo Baby. It just, for me, where we live especially, it's so much easier to do that than hike the pram out of the car every time. I have to say I have a big pram, um, slightly regretting my choice of pram. I do still love it, but I'm, it's, it's great for where we live again, but for hiking it out of the car all the time is actually quite challenging. What else can I share with you? Not so much really on the holiday. So I am going to, um, because I don't really have the answers for you for why she didn't nap and, you know, why, um, yeah, why she isn't sleeping that well, really everything else. Oh my gosh, biggest news. Yes, of course. I do have something to share with you. Biggest news is that she took, she's taking the bottle like a dream. Haven't yet managed dream feed. I think I'm going to do that tonight. Hendrik's going to give her a bottle when she wakes up from her nap now. If she takes that well, I'm going to try and dream feed her the bottle tonight of my morning express milk, which I expressed this morning at 6.30 and see what happens. See if that helps her sleep a little bit better because I also think she's getting lazy with her feeding. So she'll just take a little bit and then she'll go back to sleep again and she won't take any more And she's getting to the point where she falls into a really deep sleep, so she doesn't actually take any more milk in. But the bottle, oh my goodness, we've persevered and persevered and persevered. You will know if you've listened to this podcast. And she, I don't really have any tricks and tips other than persevere, persevere. We're still using the Minbi bottle. We're using it with a times one teat rather than the slow flow teat, so it's a little bit faster um, she likes the milk really, really warm, so really warm. So all I do is I boil water, put a little bit of water in a bowl, stand the milk in the bowl, uh, in the bottle, obviously, in the bowl for a little while. But she she likes it to the point where you almost think, mm, could that be too hot? If you think, oh, no, that's not warm enough, definitely isn't warm enough for Amaldine. She likes it. I think she really likes it body temperature and only body temperature. So to try and get it up to that temperature um, is what we've been trying to do. She didn't take it so well the other day, and I really do believe that's because it wasn't warm enough. But yeah, woohoo, she's taking it. She is taking it, which is hopefully going to make my life a little bit easier. I was due to go to a book launch next week on Friday, but unfortunately I can't now attend. Um, so... I won't have need to try out yet her taking a bottle, but fingers crossed when the need comes for Hendrik to stay alone with her at home and for me to go out, I will be able to not need to provide my boob. Woohoo! Okay, so bottle, brilliant. I will let you know how the dream feed goes on Instagram tonight and see if that even works. I'm going to start answering your questions because I told you this was going to be short and sweet and I'm babbling. Would I recommend having private scans while pregnant is my first question. Now, I, if you listen right back to the beginning podcasts, I did say that we did go and have a private scan. I really liked it. Um, we had the private scan where they told us what the sex of the baby would be from a blood test. And that was really nice to know the sex a little bit earlier and also because we had that one uh that when I went to have my NHS scan for the sex you know for the where they tell you the sex of the baby they actually couldn't tell us because she was huddled up in a ball so it's quite nice to know already and it's a blood test which I think is a lot more uh positive 
than someone just telling you, but not that that, I mean, that rarely happens, I think, but it does still happen. I did like going for the scans. Um, did I have an extra scan? I feel like I had another scan, but maybe I didn't. God, I can't remember now. But I think if it's something that you really want to do, then you should do it. Yeah, why not? I mean, I wouldn't rec- I wouldn't recommend against it. Um, I think if, if you want to have more scans, have more scans. It's a long flipping time to wait in between each scan. And it's exciting to have each scan. So yeah, if you want to add in some extra ones, then why not? I would. I would. If, you've, if you have the income to spend money in that way, then yeah, do it. Why not? Um, can you please, please, please do a video on how to use your ergo baby, your tips and tricks, nothing on YouTube? Yes, I will. I will try and do that for you this week. Definitely next week. Remind me if you're not seeing it this week. Um, I have definitely got to grips with my ergo baby now. It did take me quite a bit of time when I first had it. I was like, Oh God, do I really like this? It's so faffy. But actually now I adore it as you know. So I will do a video and yeah, I will do a video because I cross my straps at the back as well, which isn't the easiest thing to do um, when you're learning how to use it. So yeah. And when I first used it, I remember saying to my friend Annie, I really don't think I've got this on right. This is really uncomfortable. But now oh, I, I can even, I hardly, Amandine feels weightless to me in it. She's brilliant, which is great because we're taking our mum away for her big birthday and we are doing some form of walking. And I'm slightly concerned about the amount of walking we're going to be doing. But I'm not so concerned anymore because I find it so comfortable with Amandine. Toys, games that Amandine loves. I really struggled with this. I still really struggle with this because she doesn't really connect so much with toys or games. She's really hard to entertain. She's really difficult to giggle, make giggle. She just loves to observe everything. You rarely get kind of an overexcited reaction or a giggle from her, really. I think she still giggles. I can still count the giggles that we've ever had from her on one hand. Um, normally, they really catch us off guard. So toys, games that Amadine loves, literally anything that Amaldine could put in her mouth. She's loved that for probably the last three, four months. She loves a bit of peekaboo. She loves seeing herself in the mirror. So she totally recognizes herself in the mirror at the moment. So just literally playing around with the mirror every morning in her nursery and downstairs in our hallway, we've got a mirror. She loves it. She absolutely loves it. She's not a big fan of plasticky, brightly colored toys. She just puts them in her mouth and then drops them. She's not, yeah, really a big fan books oh my goodness she loves books she loves books we've got this brilliant book in France I'll have to share it with you on Instagram but basically it's um it has bits of the book that you remove like a cardboard cutout section that you take off and then there's something hiding behind that section and if you just flick a little bit of the cardboard out so she can grab it she goes for it grabs it and then she tries to touch what's behind it's really cute so she's she really does love books she really enjoyed the crinkly books to start with when she was a baby. What else did we do with her? She was never a fan of tummy time, so that was quite difficult to put her down with any toys. The baby gym that we made her, I made these felt things that hung and Hendrik made the baby gym frame. Uh, she liked that, but I mean, she didn't love it, She, but she liked it. Her jolly jumper, she adores that. She adores it. But as far as to- toys and games go... 
She literally likes a random object. I mean, give the girl a wooden spoon or a whisk and she'd be very happy. I can't remember, is it called heuristic play? Is that what it's called? I can't remember. There's a great chapter on it um, in my lovely lady book who came on this podcast, Natalie Meddings. I'm just trying to read the title of her book from where I'm sitting. It is called How to Have a Baby. There's a great chapter on that in heuristic play which basically says a lot about um just making a basket of toys of random things around the house that are safe with no loose bits that can come off and um they'll enjoy that just as much which is true i saw a facebook video of um a baby being given car keys and then you know like a plastic crab or a hairband and then I don't know, something baby-related toy. And they always, for the, every time, went for the human, like, uh, human, <laughs> for the adult-related thing that they'd been given. So, next question. Tips for how to put baby down at nap time. He likes his naps on mummy every time. <laughs> oh, my God, enjoy it. Enjoy it, because Amandine never naps on me anymore, and I miss it. Oh, I miss it so much. I miss being able to sit on the sofa and just cuddle her to sleep. Oh, I miss that so much. I mean, I would definitely have another baby tomorrow just to have that, just to have those cuddles back. Um, Don't be in a rush to get rid of them. I loved it, absolutely loved it. And they go, literally, they just go like that, the clip of a finger, and they won't nap on you anymore. But when you are ready, I totally understand. Maybe you do actually need to get some stuff done around the house. (laughs) So tips for how to put a baby down at nap time. What's really worked for us is the, what I talk about pretty much every single podcast is the awake window times of, it's kind of 45 minutes, anything between 45 minutes to an hour and a half in the first awake window, and then two hours in the second, two hours in the third awake window. No matter what time your baby has taken their naps or what time they've woken up, if you go by the awake times, then that has seemed to work much better for us also. When I put Amandine down, in her cot I go into her nursery I shut the blind to to make everything a little bit darker if it's daytime I allow in a little bit of natural light to see what I'm doing if it's nighttime I put the lamp on just to create a bit of a warm glow in the room then I'll get her undressed I'll change her nappy I'll put her in her pajamas I will put her in her grow bag I'll turn on the white noise machine every single nap time now last time I said this some people said to me you do that every nap time? That's so much effort. I was like, yeah, it is an effort. But then when you think about it, I don't get, I couldn't get straight into bed fully dressed and then go straight to sleep. I need to get my pyjamas on, brush my teeth, wash my face. I have a bedtime routine that makes, that associates, that I associate with sleep and with going to bed. And I think it's the same for babies. They need to associate going to sleep, the routine that goes that that they do to go to sleep so that for Amandine for nap time is change nappy into pjs into grow bag turn on white noise machine and then she'll either have milk or she won't so she'll either go on my boob and she doesn't really fall to sleep on my boob that much anymore so that she'll then wake up and I'll put her down in the cot when she's done feeding or I sing her a little sunshine uh, sing her a little song which is normally you are my sunshine like maybe five rounds of that and then go down in her cot give her a kiss goodnight and then walk out the room really quickly. 
If I don't walk out fast enough, she will just gurgle, gargle, stare at me as if to say, what the hell are you doing? And then cry. But that never happens because I've learnt my lesson now and I get out of there sharpish. So every time, every time I do that, when I when she wasn't napping well, I didn't do that. And then I, someone said to put them in their PJs every single time. And I, that's what I've done. And she's napped like a pro pretty much ever since. So yeah, do that, do that, do that. At bedtime... We switch it up slightly, so we'll give her a bath every other night. But every night, I will will read her a book. So again, if we've bathed, great. Then nappy, PJs, grow bag. Then we'll sit on the chair in her nursery with a book. Normally her favourite, one of her favourite books. And she definitely has favourites. Um, and we will read her the book. And then she'll have some milk. I always feed her before going to bed at night. And then put her down. Same thing. She'll normally wake up a little bit, then grab her thumb, suck her thumb and roll over to sleep. So the evening we put in bath and book or just book. But always the same. Always the same. And I have to say, I think she feels really safe in her nursery. I've been putting her down to nap in her nursery from very, very early on. And I think it's worked. But again, like I said earlier, there is a downside to that. She won't nap very well in her pram and she won't nap very well in the ergo baby anymore because she likes to be in her cot and she likes to suck her thumb (laughs) which she can't do very well in the ergo baby I found out so sometimes I do have to tuck her little arm in there and give her her thumb and I'm so pro the thumb by the way if you hadn't noticed I am pro the thumb I had my little wobbly about oh god is the thumb a good thing probably not a good thing I'm pro it if your baby takes the thumb why not why not toys ideas for babies post Leap one, please. Post leap one. God, I can't remember what post leap one was. Um, I don't think we've ever changed because of leaps. I think we have just varied things, given her things with different textures and uh, feelings and different, um, yeah, like some plastic stuff, some wooden stuff, some soft stuff. She loves a pillow. She loves bashing around on a pillow. Post-sleep one. I mean, it really is anything that just shakes and rattles. And yeah, soft books with little crinkle uh, crinkle feet on. I've got these books that have... One's a penguin and one's a tiger. And it's got these little feet at the bottom of the book. And you can crinkle them whilst you tell a story. She loved those. She loved, loved those. Around leap one, I guess. Um, what else? And books. Yeah, I mean, she, she's she's really just kind of played with whatever been, has been put in front of her I haven't paid a huge amount of attention as to what that is specifically around the leaps um muslins like sensory muslins I had these wonderful muslins from a lovely lady who has the brand Etta Loves and the muslins are kind of all black and white and they she's brought out some colored ones now actually but they're black and white and Amandine used to be really struck by those as well, quite a bit. Anything dangling above her head around Leap One, I guess, that was really fun for her. She loved her play, her cot mobile that I made for her. Um, she really enjoyed that. Yeah, other than that, she's not hugely fussed about what's put in front of her. I wouldn't worry too much. I spent loads of time really worrying about toys, but now I'm just, I kind of think with a lot of your guy, you guys' advice, actually, you've said you know, don't let them become reliant on flashy, colourful toys so much, um, especially ones with sound. So 
she loves a good tune. She still loves the uh, song. Oh my gosh, it, the words, it's just gone out of my head. The happy song, the happy song. She loves that. Okay, moving on. Last question I'm going to do. Um, baby best buys. Best baby buys. Oh, God. Okay, Ergo Baby, that was gifted, but that's definitely, definitely the best thing. For us, a baby bath, actually, we bought the Schnuggle baby bath. Is it the Schnuggle baby bath? The one that has you basically sit upright in. It's got a really high back. Um, fantastic. Absolutely brilliant. It means you can play with them in the bath. They can sit up really well in it, even if they can't yet sit up. Um, you have both hands free to wash them. You have both hands free to play with them. They're safe. And I loved, I love it. I absolutely love it. And when we go away to France, we don't have that bath. And I hate it because there's this huge bath. It's still a baby bath, but it's massive. And she doesn't sit up in it. And yeah, it's really actually a very, really challenging to bath her. And painful on my back as well. So a baby bath was one of the best things I bought for her. What else have I bought for her that's brilliant? The Baby Bjorn Bouncer. My gosh, it depends how how old your baby is, but I wish I'd had that from day one. I pretty much did. I had it from like week two, I think. But Baby Bjorn Bouncer, brilliant. I haven't actually put it in her, put her in it recently, but she used to love it. Used to love it, and it's brilliant. My mum for Christmas also bought her the Baby Bjorn toys that go across the front, and I think my mum actually bought those for her. Um, at exactly the right time because I don't think she would have been able to reach them and I think that would have just annoyed her but now she can actually reach them and play with them which is quite fun this donut thing that I was talking about that we took to Portugal with us in fact I can't remember if I did talk about this because I recorded the podcast so many times already before this episode I'm not sure if I did tell you about it but it's the inflatable donut ring with the coloured cover which has rattly bits on it and squishy bits on it and different colours, different textures. That's definitely one of the best things I've ever bought. Also, one of the best things I've bought, which was recommended to my by my friend Rebecca from Somewhat Rad. She has been on the podcast twice. You must have a listen in. It's called the Tidy Tot bib. Flipping brilliant. I have just used it for the first time today. Hendrik was like, what on earth is that? We're not taking that anywhere with us. But I'm pretty sure after he's cleaned up after Amandine eating once, he'll be saying that we need to travel everywhere with this thing. So it comes in a little zippy up bag and this is no way sponsored. I bought this on recommendation, like I just said. It is a all-in-one bib that goes all over the arms. Um, basically like a, I don't know, like a, plastic apron thing that they wear that goes all over the arms all over the chest velcros up at the back and then it and then this huge kind of pop-out table um or tray velcros onto the bib so there's none of that food dropping in between baby and tray <laughs> and it catches everything and it is fantastic absolutely brilliant so check them out it's called tidytot.co.uk I bought it from Amazon, I think it was £29, quite expensive, but brilliant, really, really great. That was a best buy for sure. The LV, this was gifted again, but the LV breast pump, life-changing, absolutely life-changing. It means I can pump anywhere, I can pump whilst I'm feeding her. The, the pumps I had before, Amandine would just kick off. And then the milk would go everywhere. And I found that so incredibly frustrating. But the LV pump, it sits in your bra. It's perfectly secure. It's virtually silent. 
and it gives me about 90 ml of express milk every time I use it. And I've never actually got more, more than that. Um, but yeah, absolutely superb. I would highly recommend it. Teethers. Teethers, Amandine puts everything in her mouth. Again, these were gifted, but they're called Gummy Teething and all the gummy teething aids. They're absolutely fantastic. I'd highly recommend them. They're by far Amandine's favourite, but I've also bought her a Sophie the Giraffe. She loves that too. And we also bought her some Done by Deer teethers, which were really good. I think I bought those from the natural, or Hendrik bought them for Amandine's Christmas present on the natural baby shower. What else have I bought that's brilliant? Um... I think that's about it actually bibs bibs are great but not no no one that i'd really recommend yet i haven't actually found a bib that doesn't soak through completely in a couple of in like an hour <laughs> amandine dribbles a lot but that's it that's it really my um my baby monitor a lot of people i would never be without my baby monitor but i wouldn't say it was a best buy because the battery is horrific and when you charge the baby monitor, it's, I don't, I went, sorry, when the baby monitor is on and you're charging it, I don't think it actually charges. So you have to have the baby monitor off to charge it. It is a Motorola one. And I have to say, I wouldn't necessarily now recommend it um, because the battery is just really, really poor. But there you go. They're my best buys for you. If I think of anything else, I will put them on my Instagram for you. I'm continually always trying to rack my brains of top tips to share with you. If you guys have any more questions about traveling or it's much better if you guys ask me questions, otherwise I just waffle. So if you have any questions on traveling or weaning, I'm really getting to grips with this. I have still have no idea what I'm doing. And I read, 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 read so much about it. Either it's not going in because I'm so tired or I just don't have confidence enough to feel like I'm confident. But I really do not feel confident right now. So there you go. Podcast. There you have it. There you have it. If you have any questions, DM me on my Instagram page, mumtalkpodcast, or email me at mumtalkpodcast at gmail.com. If you're a new mum, have the most wonderful Mother's Day this Sunday. I'm really looking forward to it. I'm spending Saturday with my mum and Amaldine because Hendrik is working. And then Sunday, I'm kind of secretly hoping that Hendrik has something up his sleeve, but I very much doubt it. He doesn't do Valentine's Day. He doesn't like any of these days. So I am assuming that he will not be doing anything for Mother's Day. And then maybe my assumptions will get blown away, and he will. (laughs) Doubtful, though. Okay, you guys, thank you so much for listening. I will check in with you again next week when I have a lovely guest on the podcast. And then I think it's time for Series 4. What do you think? Tell me what you guys want covered in Series 4, and I will try and get some amazing guests on the podcast for you. Lots and lots of love to you all. Have a great rest of your week. Bye.